You're listening to Run, R-U-N, Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. As pastor of the Smithton Outpouring and the Kansas City Revival, Steve is a leading voice of revival worldwide. Steve shares his life-changing encounters with God, along with biblical teaching that equips you to experience and lead lasting revival. Come, run with Steve and expect God to revive us now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Revive Us Now podcast. I am your host, Steve Gray, where we try to talk about everything revival through experiences I've had actually in revivals, documented revivals. You can read about them in books and magazines about revival, but also just personal experience, but also biblical teachings on things going clear back to the Gospels, where Jesus obviously brought revival, refreshing, renewal. And uh, today we're going to talk about that a little bit, and I'll take you... uh, back with a story before uh, the Smithton outpouring. And by the way, as long ago as that's been, 20 years ago, it's still being talked about. And I did a documentary interview just uh, recently asking all kinds of questions, had to go back and tell the whole story, what it was like, what happened, what, you know, everything about it. And uh, that I've done it many, many times. But uh, somebody out of Nashville wants to make a docu- making a documentary, want to know everything about it. So it's still fresh. People are still wanting to know because many did not experience it. Uh, many were not even born when it happened, or they were little children when it happened. And with everything going on in our country right now and in the world right now, people are starting to think, "What was it? What is a revival? What is it really? What did it feel like? What was what was driving the force that you would go to church five days a week?" And God came and he, you know, all the, and then they read about it or hear about it. And they go like, this is beyond anything that I have ever experienced. And that's what we want to create that hunger. Okay. So let's go back even before the power of God struck on that. It was, it was the month of March and struck me like lightning and people saw it. It wasn't like I came back and said, I was alone in my room and told some story. It was visible. There were 150 people watching as God struck me like lightning and I lit up and jumped up and well, they saw me get up and talk and I was different. I was a different person. But I want to go before that as uh, I knew that God was starting to move in the power and revival and I saw, start seeing things happen around the country in churches and movements. And so we began to have a Tuesday night prayer meeting every Tuesday night. We actually did that for two and a half years. Every Tuesday night, started at 7 o'clock, and the church was full of people. People came. We actually started having bigger crowds on prayer night because it was so good. And we started having some movement, rumblings, what I called rumblings of revival, showing that something was going on. And uh, it was really, really good. And uh, so, it, so through that, um, we only prayed about revival, renewal, the power of God, presence of God. We only sang about that. We stayed focused for two and a half years. Well, after, um, I don't know, a year, six months, a year, I can't remember. Uh, and we, well, by the way, I should say we read about revivals, Welsh revival. We read about, uh, you know, uh, Charles Finney, and particularly with, uh, one person was really in it. So this one person really got into Charles Finney, which is great. Uh, but then it became critical. He, this person came and said, you know, I don't think we can have revival. After we've been praying, what, a year? I don't think we can have revival. And this was a close friend 
I respected him a lot. He was a leader in the church. I love this guy a lot, you know. It wasn't like we were enemies or strife or anything. Everything was great between us. But he began to say, I don't think we can have revival. And I'd say, why? Why not? And he'd say, well, because we're not holy enough. We're not godly enough. We can't have it because we're not godly enough. We're not holy enough. And I'd go, well, you're right. But then again, that's why I need a revival in my life. It's because I'm not holy enough. I'm not godly enough. I need to be revived in the glory and power and presence of God to, to put me into that realm that I need to be in. And I can't, I've, I mean, I'm not holy enough. I'm not godly enough, but I've used up all the eye power, I, all the eye power I got. So what, what do I do here? How do I put the cart before the horse or the chicken before the egg or what? What do I do here? So you're probably right. But what do I do? And so out of that, unfortunately, uh, he continued on that route and he got with some other fellas that uh, were studying uh, Charles Finney, t uh, about the only person they were studying, and they got off into that. And pretty soon then he just drifted away with the idea that, I guess that we were off, that we couldn't have it because we weren't godly enough. And he, uh, you know, was going to start a little school or something where you could learn about Charles Finney and how, I guess, how you can get godly and, and then just disappeared and no, no, nothing. I don't even know if he's going to church. I hope he is. But uh, anyway, so, so, you know, I got that. That's correct. We get the idea that we're not holy enough, we're not godly enough, we're not spiritual enough. That's true. But a move of God, a real move of God, takes those people that are not enough and have used all their strength, have tried to do it in their own strength, self-will, self-help, all the self, 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 and, and that's good because that shows a good candidate. When you're using all you got, all that is within you, you're trying to get to God. You can't really use a person who could care less, right? That's wickedness. Wickedness is somebody who could care less, who, who doesn't care about anything, you know, and has no regard for God. That's wickedness. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about a person who wants to and wants to be a part of it, but needs to be put over the top by something bigger, something better, by the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So now in the book of Acts, it's real interesting that, of course, we have... Uh, through the Gospels and the book of Acts. We first in the Gospels, we have the, the calling of the 12. And, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty weak. They don't know anything. You know, you know that the tax collectors, fishermen, people like that, and they don't know anything. And Jesus is trying to train them. So basically, uh, they, they get some action in. You know, he sends them out once and, and does some things. But basically, they're followers watching. They're basically followers watching. And then when Jesus ascends... It's on them now. It's on them. And so then they go, and uh, you know the story maybe in Acts chapter 3. They're going to the temple uh, to pray. And actually, it was really good. You can tell these are not lackluster, wicked people, this group, because they met every day for prayer. So these are people that are using all that they've got to do all that they can because they want to have revival, renewal, power of God, glory of God. And, uh, you know, they're meeting every day and they're breaking bread together. And so it's a really good scene. And then they go up and says to pray uh, the time of prayer. And uh, when they get there, there's a, you know, there's a man there who's been lame. And, and uh, 
He's, he's a be- he begs every day at the temple, and, and uh, you know the story then. He gets healed, and everybody's scurrying about, and he gets healed, and it's, he goes walking and leaping and praising God, and it's a great, great event. Well, uh, as it goes along then, the people start looking at, at Peter and John, and, and they answer him, uh, and, and they say, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us? Because they're looking at Peter. They're looking at John. You might do the same thing. You go, wow, who are these two guys that did this? Wow, they must have special powers. They got special giftings. And so Peter and John say to them, why do you stare at us, listen, as if it is by our own power or our own godliness we have made this man walk? And that is powerful. It's so powerful because we finally get the answer to that. Yes, um, we, we need to be godly. Yes, we need to be holy. Yes, we need to put all that we can into this. But it, when it comes right down to it, Peter and John said, no, no, it's not by our own godliness, our own holiness, or our own power that we did this. As far as we can go with this, as much as we can put into this, it's going to, the, bot- the bottom line is it's not going to be by our own godliness. It's finally got to just put us into a realm of the things of God, the holiness of of God. And so they said, why do you look at us like it's our own godliness, our own power that made this man walk? And finally they say, it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, who glorified Jesus. And finally they go, they, they get down to it and they said, it is Jesus' name and faith through that name that has made this man well. Now that's what it is. He says it's the name of Jesus and faith in the name of Jesus that got this guy walking. And that tells us then when this friend, and I call him a friend, I'd still make him my friend. If he wanted to be my friend, I'd make that man that we talked about who said, we're not holy enough, we're not good enough, we're not spiritual enough uh, to have a revival. I'd, I'd make him my friend today if I could. Uh, and so that's how much respect I had because he wanted to do right. He meant right. But it put me in a, a, a frustrated situation. You're right, but I'm trying to be holy enough to have a move of God. I'm trying, but I just don't know how to do it. And finally, they, I read this and said, we can't do it in our own power. We can't finally get ourselves godly enough. We've got to do something else. And, and finally, they let us know. He says, put your faith in the name of Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus. He said it's Jesus' name and faith in the name of Jesus that makes these things happen. It's not your own power. It's not your own godliness. We're not going to be able to get a prayer group over here and study enough somebody else's ministry or study Charles Finney or whoever and finally get it so our own godliness raises up enough and says, now finally I'm there. I'm finally there. My own godliness has got me there. Now we can have a revival. My own holiness, I'm at, I, I made it. I made it. And so if you're in that position, you're not going to make it. And, and that's too much pressure on us. Yes, give all we can do. Pray all we can pray. Live all we can live. We don't want to be wicked with no regard, but we finally get down to it. We can't make this happen, but we give all that we can do. And Charles Finney said that. You, Charles Finney said, use every means possible. But when you get right down to it, it's going to have to be the power of God. Faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in the name. It comes through him that you'll see this man completely healed. You'll see the power of God. You'll see revival break out. 
It can't be by our own power, our own godliness. So that ought to be good news to you. Put all that you can into it. And finally, we'll see revival break through the heavens and come down. I hope that helped you today. Till next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. Push the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and spread the word on social media. For more episodes and resources, go to reviveusnowpodcast.com. Until next time, keep on running for revival. Revival.